Hey everyone and welcome back to our next episode of Marion and Wanda. I'm Allie. And I'm Andy. Woo! Yay! And this week we're doing our first recipe episode, which is exciting. Yeah, I'm excited to hear your your recipe and then maybe we'll come back another week and say whether or not we tried them and if we had any success. <laughs> <laughs> So we each picked a recipe that we remember from our childhood, specifically our grandmother's making. And so Allie's picked a recipe that her grandma used to make. And then I picked one that my grandma made growing up. And this episode is more of just a the recognition of their cooking. Yes. I'm, so I'm sharing my grandmother's spaghetti sauce recipe. Sounds delish. It is delish. Didn't you ever have this? If I did, I don't remember it, but it would probably would have been a long time ago, too. It would have been. Um, but she used to, yeah, she used to make this every time we got together as a family. And we would always invite people over, which is why I ask if you've ever had it. Because I feel like you must have been invited over at some point in time for this. I'm sure I was. Yeah. And she would make a double recipe and just like a huge pot. It was always really cool to see it bubbling away on the stove. <laughs> And I used to always ask her to wait for me to, like, get up to actually make the spaghetti sauce recipe so that I could do it together and I could learn how to make it. But she never would because I apparently always woke up a little bit too late for her, which was, to be clear, like 8 a.m., which was, I think, a perfectly reasonable time to get up to make spaghetti (laughs) sauce. Especially when you're going to eat it for dinner. Yeah, but yeah, she'd already be done with it and it'd already be on the stove bubbling away and say that she just couldn't wait for me. And I was like, Grandma, come on, <laughs> was your Was your grandma somebody who would write down recipes on recipe cards for people to pass down later? Uh, you better believe I've got her recipe box, actually. I thought you did. I wish yeah. my grandma would have written down a lot of recipes that she made, but her instructions are, you know, like a pinch of this and just a dash of that. And you can't write that down. (laughs) Yeah. There's some recipes, like, I've got a chili recipe for my grandfather that it's all, like, just a list of herbs and spices to put in there with no indication of how much. (laughs) So I understand your pain. It's about 50% of how to make it. (laughs) Yeah. Like, okay, I get the basics, but anyway. Yes. And my grandmother was known for her cooking, but she was really not known for her baking. So this That's is why funny, I, it seems like you are generally more known for your baking. Yes, I'm an okay chef, but I am much more well known as a baker. I actually have a baking Instagram now where I post my stuff, which is a lot of fun. My grandmother isn't wrong. Like it is best to let the spaghetti soft sauce simmer for several hours before you're going to eat it. But I do think that, uh, you know, a solid eight hours is a bit aggressive. Yeah, it seems like you would boil away all the liquid at that point. Yeah, well, I don't know. It develops all the flavors and it's tasty, so. Hmm. Anyway, it's actually, it's a spaghetti and meatball recipe, and it wasn't originally my grandmother's. She got it from a family friend who was an Italian immigrant. That's how you know it's good. Yeah, and she used to say that this was real Italian sauce, and whenever we took her to Italy, we went... (laughs) We went to all these restaurants and she kept asking for real Italian sauce. <laughs> they gave her like a much lighter sauce made out of like tomatoes and 
it was it's a much lighter sauce and this is the one her recipe is always just like this heavy it's tasty but very like heavy sauce that you eat probably would mostly want to eat in like the winter mm-hmm. and oh man it was so funny that she kept just asking for real italian sauce <laughs> and we're like grandma we're in italy we can't this is the real better. stuff <laughs> yeah so first you have to make your meatballs and um, it's a, a mixture of ground meat. And we usually do beef and pork in like a two to one ratio. So I think that my recipe calls for like a pound and a half total of meat. And so I do a pound of beef and then half a pound of pork. And then you add in breadcrumbs, grated cheese, onion, salt, pepper, parsley, garlic, salt, and eggs as a binder. And you just mix those all up in together. And then you just fry it in olive oil in like a, a deeper um, pan if you've got it. Like she sees this, uh, it was a, it wasn't a, like a saute pan because it had a big thick lip, um, almost like a cast iron skillet, but it wasn't made out of cast iron, you know? So it's got like the big lip around it so you can fry it. Like a shallow pot almost, right? Yeah, almost. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, you fry those until they're brown and drain them on a paper towel and save a cup of the oil for the sauce. That's important. You need a cup of the oil for the sauce. And then you start making the sauce the morning before you want to eat it. So sometimes we would make the meatballs like the day before and then she'd stick them in the fridge and make the sauce the next morning. So sometimes I did get to make the meatballs with her, which was nice. But I almost never, I didn't get to do this next part until, gosh, shortly before she passed away. Um, And this is the actual sauce bit. And this is when you fry um, garlic and you add tomato paste that you've mixed with a few cans of water until it's combined. And I mean, like, uh, you know, like you take a couple cans of tomato paste is how much the recipe calls for. And then you like fill up a couple of those cans with water. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean. And then in a large pot, like a... A Dutch oven if you have it um, you know like a really thick heavy pot mm-hmm. so you don't burn anything you're gonna put in um, tomato puree crushed tomatoes a whole peeled onion some water so she usually just rinsed out the two um, the cans from the other tomatoes just really quickly with water and put those in there and then some assorted herbs and spices so those are like oregano pepper a single bay leaf basil, parsley, and salt, and more cheese. And then you simmer that for an hour and a half-ish. And then you put in your meatballs and you keep simmering and stirring it occasionally until you're ready to eat it. And the real secret is that you need to balance out the flavor with like dark chocolate or coffee or brown sugar, depending on how the sauce tastes. So this one I really can't help you with, I hate to say. But I often put like a handful of chocolate chips in there and then a little bit of brown sugar, Hmm. depending on what it tastes like. Yeah, to kind of balance it out. Yeah. And then we always ate it with angel hair pasta because we are firm believers in our family that that's the best kind of pasta to have. You have to have the thin, thinnest pasta you can get. My mom would agree. We were always an angel hair pasta family. (laughs) Well, then she gets it. (laughs) um and then the frozen garlic bread you know that comes in the big loaves i think it's called coals that's in the red package i'm not familiar i'm talking about oh man that's the best kind of garlic bread you should try it the next time you go it's in the freezer section it's really tasty i'll have to look for it yeah 
so yeah, we used to eat the this every God, like every Christmas, every Thanksgiving. This would be one of the big meals that we always had. Mm-hmm. And I remember when my grandpa was still alive, he used to eat the onion that was in the sauce. He I just thought, ate yeah. It. I was gonna ask you when you say it's a whole peeled onion. Do you you don't mean that it's chopped up, but it's the quantity no. of one whole onion. You mean like a solid onion. A solid onion. You peel the <laughs> onion, you cut off uh, the end, and then you stick it in there. And yeah, my grandpa used to eat that. Ooh. <laughs> it was an interesting choice, but he really liked it. So, yeah. <laughs> Tasty would recommend. Um, I guess we'll post. I've got it written down on some recipe cards, so I guess we'll post that um, to our Instagram. So if you want to make it yourself, you can. That'd be cool. One thing that sticks out to me from our childhood that reminds me of your grandma we, I don't remember what, what the occasion was, but there was one day that we got out of school early at Sumner Academy, and I think it was your mom came to pick us up from school and take us out to lunch. Mm-hmm. But I guess your grandma must have met there uh, because we got to the restaurant, and I think it was O'Charlie's. And, nice. uh, yeah. <laughs> we get there, and your grandma says, Andy, I haven't seen you in 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> You and I both laughed and we were like, Grandma, I'm only 12. (laughs) (laughs) We probably were. I always thought that was funny. (laughs) She was a character. She was the best. (laughs) I'll tell you what. Well, that sounds delish. I'm sure I probably did eat it at some point. It seems like there was a a couple of years there where we were at each other's houses just about every weekend. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure that you had to have had it. (laughs) My mom also makes this. She's really good at making it too. I always call her every time I do it because when I make this sauce, I often go to the store and forget to write down how many of each kind of tomato that I need. Mm-hmm. And so then I have to call her and ask her how many um, of each can of tomatoes I have to buy. <laughs> also, your mom makes the best pancakes. So maybe we should do an episode about that in the future. Oh, yeah. We could. She is known for that. I don't know what it is, but her pancakes are 10 out of 10. I know what it is. <laughs> you want to know the secret? Is it oil? Yeah, you fry them in uh, vegetable oil. Ah. And that's how they get the crispy edges yeah. around. That's what I was going to say. They're a little bit crispier on the edge. Yeah, and you use Krusty's uh, pancake mix. Hmm. Well, is that all of the spaghetti recipe? Yes, that's all the spaghetti recipe. Okay, so now I will tell everybody about my grandmother's gravy recipe. It's funny that we both picked, like, we both picked a sauce of some kind. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So my grandmother, she goes by Nana. So Nana always (laughs) made, (laughs) she does. Well, now she has lots of names, depending on what generation you're part of. (laughs) Oh, really? Different generations call her different things? Yeah, like we always called her Nana, so the grandkids called her Nana, and then the great grandkids now call her Nani, because Whoa. the first, yeah, well, the first one, Raylan, she couldn't say Nana, and she it just came out Nani, and so that's mm-hmm. what all of the great grandkids call her now. Weird. Yeah, so depends what generation you're part of as to what you <laughs> call her, but we always called her Nana. So when um, when we lived in South Carolina, she used to cook. I mean, all the time, but I was so young that I don't really remember it. So when we moved up to Tennessee, we would go visit uh, my family in South Carolina. It used to be every other weekend for a while. 
And then as we got older, it was a little less frequent. But every time we would go, she would always make cube steak and gravy because she knew that we all loved it. And it was especially my favorite. And it was the definition of like true Southern fried cooking. And pretty much everything my grandma would make was fried in some way or what you would think of when you think of like Southern hospitality cooking. Mm -hmm. So the, it's funny that you said the, the key to um, the sauce that you have is that you have to keep some of the oil aside. Yeah. So same with the gravy, you have to keep the oil and grease aside after making the meat because that somehow enhances the flavor of the gravy just to make it awesome. I tried to make this one time, but I think I was trying to make fried chicken, but I thought the gravy would be good over it. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was because I was making chicken and not steak or if it was something else that I screwed up along the way, but it was a horrible failure. (laughs) Like the whole thing slid around in the pan like a giant pancake and it was like a congealed blob and it tasted awful yeah you you did something wrong there. yeah (laughs) but anyway so to make her gravy you want to start by making the cube steak and she always would used to just get packages of cube steak from the store that's what it was called and so she would fry that in a pan so it's got you know the oil the flour all that to to make However, you want to fry your meat. That's how you would do it. And so this she is would... like chicken fried, like yeah. chicken fried steak. So you like coat the you coat a steak in flour and then cook it in the oil. So you like correct, correct. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I didn't realize that was the term for that, but yes, that's that's what I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you would start by cooking your your cube steak in the chicken fried fashion, and. <laughs> Once you got those all finished, you would set the the steak to the side, but you would keep the remnants of the grease and oil and the other good stuff that the that the steak brought out. And the that's tasty giblets. Yeah, and that's what you would use to make the base of your gravy. Ooh. Um, you get one big spoonful of flour, and you spoon the flour into the oil mix, um, and then you turn your heat down so that it's just on low. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then you, you, the whole time you're doing this, you're stirring it. And, uh, so you add your one spoonful of flour. You may have to add a little more flour as you go, just depending on the consistency. And if you like it thicker or thinner cups of water, and then, mm-hmm. <laughs> so then you add a couple shakes of salt and pepper, which <laughs> like I said, just a dash or just a little <laughs> or a pinch. That was as much as I could get out of Nana was just a few shakes of salt and pepper so i guess until it tastes right huh (laughs) if you like it saltier and more pepper add more (laughs) whatever you say nana right so you add a couple shakes of salt and pepper and stir and then the last part of what you're going to add is a half a can of evaporated milk that's what gives it the creamy texture but you add a half a can of evaporated milk and stir and you have to wait for the mixture to get bubbly and it kind of has to sit for a couple of minutes to thicken up. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, if you need to add more flour to make it thicker, that's when you would add it at the end. And I'm going to have to try this. (laughs) I have two more additional questions. Yes. (laughs) I've never had cube steak before. Is this like a piece of steak or do you like cut it into strips or what? So she would buy it pre-packaged in just like the meat department in the grocery, whatever grocery store you go to. 
Like, you know how they have trays of, like, already ground burger and whatever. It was in packages like that called cube steak. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So that's what it was. And I think sometimes she would use a meat mallet to, like, make it thinner. Uh, I love that. What? (laughs) That's what it's called. I never do that. And I love it whenever people remember to do that and then ask you in recipes, too. I just love that. I don't think that part's necessary, but I think she did sometimes. (laughs) That's so funny. And did she make it in a cast iron skillet or something else? So she would make it in a cast iron skillet, I believe, but I think I've also seen her make it just in a regular pan. So I don't think that part is super important. You could do it either way. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, the the secret is saving the oil and grease from making the great making the steak because that's what brings all the flavor into it. Yeah. I don't think she's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna it, have to took try it. it took me forever to actually get this recipe written down because every time I used to go ask her if she could write it down or if I could watch her make it she would always shoo me out of the kitchen uh, because I guess so many other people were around too and it was just too busy in the kitchen plus her kitchen Mm -hmm. was very big so she'd always shoo me away and so one day I had to stand at the edge of the kitchen and like look from afar and make notes on my phone (laughs) (laughs) so that I could get it written down spy on your own grandmother I know (laughs) be able to make that for Rosie or any other future children in the family to experience that because we all love that recipe so much yeah and I have to say if anyone out there is listening and you are a chef like write down your recipes that are your signature recipes for like future generations Oops. Mm-hmm. they need to um, be kept so my family is partially Croatian uh, like my grandmother's parents so my great-grandparents on her side are like fully Croatian and they emigrated, you know, way before like the 1920s or whatever the heck. And uh, Croatians eat uh, pierogi, which are, you know, like the the potato dumplings. Yeah. Yeah. I heard about that on a podcast the other day. Pierogies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we eat pierogi and we have to eat frozen pierogi because uh, my grandmother never wrote down my great grandmother's recipe. Like apparently my great grandmother made the best pierogi that there ever were and like my mom says that all the time and it's so sad that we don't have this recipe that like would be really cool to have because she was a you know first generation she was the immigrant and she had this recipe and now we don't need to have it so yeah. if you're listening write down your recipes i've also heard of and i can't remember what it's called but there is a book that you can buy and give to, you know, grandma, grandpa, whoever, for them to write down all their recipes. And it almost looks like a scrapbook, but mm-hmm. it's got different pages on it where they could write down all the recipes. And then that's a, a keepsake cool. for the family to pass down in the future. I'll just look it up and see what it's called. But I know I've heard advertisements for it before. Cool. Well, you should get one and give one to Nana. I remember as a kid, so Nana always made the best cube steak and gravy. But for lunch, the best thing she would make was buttered noodles. And <laughs> Adam thinks that's so disgusting, but for whatever reason, she would always make elbow noodles with butter, and it was the best thing that we had ever eaten. Oh man, I don't buttered noodles is pretty tasty every now and then. <laughs> One of my uh, friends in college, Megan, used to make buttered noodles all the time, and she had this little like microwave uh, container so that she could make her noodles in our dorm. It was really funny. <laughs> I used to make mine in the coffee pot. Amazing. Yeah, like you just take all the grounds and all that stuff out and just have the water run through it. <laughs> and that cooks them? 
Well, it depends on what kind they are, but yeah. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yep. So that is Nana's gravy recipe. Right. And Lel's spaghetti sauce. Lel's spaghetti sauce. Can't <laughs> wait a bit more. It also, um, I should mention, it freezes well. So mm, that's good. if know. you're like me and you live alone, great recipe to make. You just toss half of it in the freezer. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that was kind of a short episode, but we wanted to pay tribute to our grandmothers to share one of our favorite recipes that we have mm-hmm. that they make and or have made in the past. Mm-hmm. Do you want to remind everybody about our book? Yes. So as a reminder, I picked Sea of Tranquility. Uh, so if you're going to join us for that episode, please go ahead and get your book. Heads up, uh, we are taking next week off because I'm going to London and Wales for a wedding. And I'm going to go visit my new nephew. Aww. Um, you know, I'm really excited. I actually leave tomorrow, so. Nice. We should probably start <laughs> Yeah, so get the book so that you can join us, um, and then we'll see you in two weeks for that episode. I will say that I, so I do have the book, and I've started it. I'm I'm a few chapters in already, but mm-hmm. I had to look up on the library to check it out, and I, I downloaded their the library's, like, app, so you can put books on hold and all that. There yeah. are 254 people holding this book, and it says that the average weight, or the estimated weight, is 21 weeks until oh you can check it out. So if you find yourself in that predicament, you might want to find it on uh, like Amazon audiobooks, Audible, uh, or see what the other avenues are. You could probably buy it on Amazon for pretty cheap and get it in the next couple of days. I had to get the large print version because the other one was checked out. <laughs> I, nothing wrong with the large print version. Yeah, it's fine. It goes, it makes it go quicker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But it is really good so far. I like it. All right. Good. Well, I'm yep. excited. Yep. I'm going to read it on the plane. So we're not going to do an episode next week, but the week after that is when we'll do the book. So you've got yes. roughly two weeks to, to get it and read it. It's not that long, though, so I don't think it'll be too bad. No, it's only like 200 pages or something. Yeah. Unless what? you get the large print version, I assume. Well, yeah, it's, it's a few more than that, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope you have a great time in London and Wales. Yeah, Funny me story too. Real quick about my grandma. So my grandma was really big into genealogy, and she has this giant genealogy book uh, tracing back, like, I don't even know how many generations as to when we immigrated. And I looked at it a long time ago um, just to see, you know, the history of where we came from. And so part of the family originated in Wales. Cool. And- to tell everybody when I was younger that we were part whale (laughs) (laughs) instead of Welsh (laughs) oh dear sweet baby Andy (laughs) I'm part whale (laughs) but I hope you have a great time make sure to check out Elizabeth James's bridal shop oh yeah I gotta look that up real quick (laughs) find out where that is yeah (laughs) Thanks for joining us on this episode of Marianne and Wanda. We would love to hear your feedback and if you have any books or topics for us to review. You can reach us at Marianne and Wanda podcast on Instagram or send us an email at Marianne and Wanda podcast at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.